You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, Dr. Gray. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. What can I help you with? Uh, so my my question regards to Casper, um, and specifically, I have a, a question with regards to how the timeline of taking the Casper test factors into how the primary application gets verified. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering if you could uh, give some uh, information about the timing to take the Casper test to make sure that uh, if it factors into the primary application verification, uh, that you, your marks are in in time to have it verified. So yeah. if you could uh, you know, speak towards that, yeah. that'd be great. Easy answer, it doesn't. The, the primary application verification for all three application services is personal statement, activities, at least one school selected uh, that you're applying to, all the basic demographic information, and then some specifics with like TMDSAS, they have a required extra essay, they have an optional extra essay, any sort of disadvantaged essay that you want to include. And then obviously transcript information goes on there as well. So that's what's required for verification. Even letters of recommendations, things like that, are post-verification, you can change those, they can be updated later. The biggest things, transcripts, essays, uh, outside of secondary essays, you don't even need an MCAT score to get your primary verification done. So think of Casper timing as part of a secondary application. Focus on that primary application, and if you can fit Casper in, great. If you can't, that's okay. Think of it in, in terms of it's just an extra secondary essay that you have to do. Okay, so so ideally you would have, the, the schools would be able to have the Casper mark um, with your secondaries and your MCAT. And so that's when your uh, application can be reviewed. Potentially. And, and the frustrating part about this process is it completely depends on the school. It depends on how the school is using it for their admissions decisions. They may not be using it at all. They may require it for data gathering so that in one year, two years, five years, they can go, okay, we have enough data here does Casper add anything to our admissions process? They may be using it to screen for interviews. They may not be using it to screen for interviews, but to screen post-interview to determine if they want to accept you. So don't worry about all of that stuff. That's just super nitty-gritty details that nobody needs to know about other than think about it in terms of secondary timing so you have it done just in case one of those schools that you're applying to is going to use it for an interview invite potential. Okay, awesome. Uh, thank you for that uh, that information. And then just a, a follow-up with regards to, to Casper. Um, uh, there's a great episode that you did on the pre-med years, episode 303 was with Dr. Uh, Kelly Doerr, yeah. uh, one of the founders. So I highly recommend uh, <laughs> check that yeah. out because it's, it's a great episode and, and I learned a lot. She's one of my favorite people. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I, I wish I came across that before I wrote my first Casper. That's for sure. Um, and uh, and one of the questions, kind of an open-handed question, is um, what what do you think would be the best way to prepare and practice for the Casper and not risk sounding cliche, um, but still touching on some of those core constructs that they may be looking for? Um, what what would you you say yeah. with regard? Well, you've taken it once, right? 
or you rode it once, as as our friendly friends from up north say. Um, what do you think would have helped you preparing since you've, you've already done it once? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm flipping this around. <laughs> no, no. It's, I, I mean, I, I have done some reflection on it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, one of the traps that I think I fell into, and again, this is all subjective just as a, a, you know, a, a Casper taker and a student, so yeah. by no means an expert. Um, but one of the things that I, I will do differently uh, ha- um, if I have to, to retake the test um, is I won't be um, looking at online expert answers and scenarios <laughs> um, because I felt that I got into uh, a little bit of a, a rabbit hole when I was on the test trying to answer questions because I was trying to fit in, you know, not making assumptions and talking about these different sides and yeah. um, going through the, the, the prompt or the, the question in a way that, um, these expert answers kind of yeah. frame it. Yeah. Um, and, and it, and it caused me to, you know, not be able to answer all the prompts, um, very, well, uh, very well. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reword your, your answer. It caused you to not be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah. it slowed you down, but it caused you to not be true to yourself. What you're talking about are all of the frameworks, which I hate. I hate frameworks when it comes to answering questions, right? Mm-hmm. I, I always talk about the STAR method because that's the one that most people know about. Okay, what's the situation? What's the blah, blah, blah? I don't even know. I, I, I've chosen not to try to remember what, what each thing <laughs> means. I just know situation. Maybe ours results. I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, when you use frameworks from those expert Casper people out there who are, would love to charge you $1,000 to take their Casper course, which nobody needs, when you use those frameworks, you are no longer being yourself and you're forcing yourself into this box that, that maybe you're like, well, that's not really how I would talk, but I guess for this, this is how I'm supposed to do it because the expert said so. In my mind, you don't need to prepare for Casper. And I know that's completely ludicrous to think that. I think you just need to go and go, oh, this is a, a weird, a, a tough situation. Here's how I'd think about it. Very similar to how we do MMI prep. I don't think you need to prep for the MMI. You need to understand it. You need to have gone through it. To do well on the MMI doesn't mean practice and practice and practice and practice and framework and framework and framework and framework. It means going in and using your brain to think through a scenario that you've probably haven't seen before. And it's just the, the same thing with Casper, is we as human beings have brains that are capable of processing a ton of information, coming up and thinking and, and critically thinking about these different situations that are being thrown at us. We have the ability to think through those things on the Casper in an MMI created by the same people, right? Without needing a framework for that. And yes, you're like, oh, well, shoot, I, I, I wish I would have mentioned X, Y, or Z. But we do that with everything in life. We always can do a postmortem and go, oh man, I wish I would have said X, X Y, Z, whatever. Mm-hmm. A framework doesn't help you with that. A framework hinders your ability to be yourself, to be thoughtful, to use your noggin, to think critically. Yeah. which is where I think it hurts students on Casper and the MMI. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's, um, those are pertinent points. And one of the things I noticed is when I'd be giving answers, I would talk about how I'd want to speak with someone in a private room and I would, 
um, uh, try and, and uh, touch on these things that are that were probably very cliche and, and Raiders probably saw them over and over because they're common to see in expert answers. Yeah. And I think that, I think that really kind of um, hurt my chances. I also didn't know that bullet because you hear there's a lot of competing information, but I didn't know until I listened to that episode in the pre-med years that bullet points were were a, a good strategy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's kind of a segue into a question I have, which is, you know, how might, uh, you know, you go about potentially using bullet points for students or if there are any tips uh, for bullet points for students that might want to utilize that strategy due to their, uh, their typing speed being uh, not the best. Yeah, it's a great question. One I've, I haven't talked about at all, but depending on the scenario, right, it, it could be a scenario about um, you, you find a wallet uh, in, in the store, what do you do with it? And instead of typing, well, here's what I would think. And I would also be worried about this. And then this is also another thing, right? And it's taking all that time to write these full sentences, this paragraph, you could potentially just go, these are the things that I'm thinking about. Bullet point one, bullet point two, bullet point three, bullet point four. After thinking about those four things, here's what else I, I would want to know about. Okay. For sure, because because one of the things that I think I got trapped in is I really um, spent time trying to think about both sides of an issue and and uh, try and go through kind of an if then thing um, where yeah. I would need some new information and then I would do this. But um, you know sometimes it felt a little bit too um, uh, st structured, I guess. Maybe it's not that it's a bad thing not to do that, but. Yeah maybe bullet points might be able to to help you out with regards to to laying out some of those ideas. And and at the end of the day, I I don't think Casper wants you to go, okay, well this is the potential first scenario. If this happens, then this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. But if that happens, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and they don't they don't need that. You don't have time for that. You need you need to back up a little bit, get a little bit higher level and think big picture, these are the issues that are at hand. These are the things that I wanna think about. Yes, there are consequences to that thinking. The, those are the consequences. But I'm okay with those consequences because of X, Y, or Z. Okay, okay, yeah, that's some, that's some good advice because that's some of the things you hear online is, is, is going through those, those different scenarios and that's a, that's a really good way to think about it. You don't have time. You got lots of questions to answer and not a lot of time. And depending on your typing speed and, and just overthinking uh, brain that you may have, mm -hmm. I think, I think it's perfectly fine. Stay a little bit more superficial, but go through the thought process. Okay. Um, and, uh, and a quick question about the, I guess the test taking strategy. Cause I know that, you know, you understand that it's hard for um, applicants to hear, Oh, you know, you don't, you know, you don't really need to prepare. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, and, uh, and so do you think that there's a way that applicants can kind of navigate, um, you know, still wanting to practice, um, and, and reflect on answers that they, they've been given, but not putting too much weight on, um, you know, these trying to find the right answer, but more so a, a reflective approach. Is there, is there some merit to that? I don't think so. I, I think you need to go through Altus's um like sin not scenario they're they're kind of like sample tests that they have so again that you understand what it looks like how it works and then just trust yourself at the end of the day 
we as human beings are put into situations, put into scenarios all day, every day. Okay. You've practiced for this your whole life. But for some reason, when it's on a computer, like put into this little vignette of a video or a text that you have to read, then it's like, oh my God, I need to prepare for this. Like, dude, this literally happened to you three months ago. You don't need to prepare for that. You just have to remember what you did and potentially think about what you wish went better. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I think that that answers some of these other, a uh, couple other questions or, or points that I wanted to bring up because uh, something that um, my understanding about kind of Casper scoring and Casper Raiders um, is that they're, they're given this kind of background in theory um, that gives the Raider a sense of what Casper, the, the test designers are looking for, for a given scenario. Yep. Um, and I just wanted to get your opinion on what you think these, you know, these constructs or these, these backgrounds in theory uh, might be. And if there's any merit to um, kind of trying to reflect on them on a deeper level. Uh, some things you hear very often is empathy, compassion, communication skills, collaboration, et cetera. Yeah. That, that's called being a human being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, do, do, do you not show compassion or empathy in your normal life? Do you not have teamwork in your normal life? Again, that question goes right back to the experts say, mm -hmm. just be yourself. Okay. Just be yourself. Don't try to don't try to gamify it and go, okay, I know for this type of scenario, I've read the experts said that these are the four traits that they're looking for. So I need to make sure that I hit all four of those traits and check I'm done. And that's just that's just not how it works. Yes, they're obviously working off of some sort of rubric that you don't know what it is. Who cares? Okay. Be yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Older student I worked with, David, who's who's now he's a third or fourth year student uh, in medical school now. His best line after taking Casper earlier on when it first came out was, "Don't be a psychopath and you'll be okay." Mm -hmm. Right, and that's obviously a little bit kind of blasé about it, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's kind of what it is: be a normal human being, care about people, and tell me what you think. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand where that's, that's coming from for sure. And, uh, I, uh, just, it, it, this kind of answers the, the next question as well, because I know that, uh, or at least my understanding is that the, the Raiders are also given, you know, why these constructs are important to medicine, but essentially, you know, just that that's neither here nor there. Like, just having a, a basic understanding of why they're important. You don't need to dig deeper on, on these specific constructs or even like the 15 core competencies, that kind of stuff. You wouldn't recommend that. Just go in there, be familiar with the test. Um, be familiar and, and, with the test. Just go be yourself. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I personally don't think uh, that you need, as you're answering the question, think about how does this tie into medicine and work that into your answer. I beg your pardon? I don't think, as you're going through this, that you need to think about how does this tie into medicine mm -hmm. and put that into your answer. Okay. Okay. The same way I don't recommend, and, and you're in Application Academy, you'll, you'll find out, I don't recommend when you're writing your activity descriptions 
tying everything into medicine. Be like, well, this one time I was a soccer coach, it's going to prepare me to be a doctor because of whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do that. Okay. Um, and then this is a kind of a, a content question is, um, there was um, a Q&A that you did with Dr. Kelly Dore. Uh, I believe you posted on Instagram um, about Casper. This was back in 2018. Mm. Um, so I don't know if, if any of that content is, is still around on your Instagram page, but I, I, had a, I had a hard time finding it. Do you know if, if students might be able to access that Q&A? Uh, anything that I've done with Kelly is either uh, episode 303, which, mm -hmm. which you mentioned earlier, and then on National Pre-Med Day, she was on. So on YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel, go look for National Pre-Med Day material and uh, it would be there. Awesome. Um, and then uh, if, if we do have time for a, a couple of quick uh, questions, uh, just, to, just to conclude. Sure. Um, I know you hear these types of questions a lot, like the, is this clinical? Um, and so, uh, one of the, um, experiences that has been deeply helpful for me, but I don't know if it can fit on the application, um, is, uh, I've, uh, been attending, um, uh, rounds, teaching rounds with physicians, uh, learning about their, um, uh, their teaching methods, the pedagogy and, and understanding differential diagnoses and kind of that, that more, um, uh, how do, how do I say application type style of, of learning. And it's been very interesting to me, but I just don't know if that fits into um, something like shadowing because it, I'm not there with a patient. Um, I don't know if it fits in anywhere. And thus, if I, yeah. if I should include that, yeah. I'm happy to provide more information, but that's essentially. So what is shadowing? Uh, shadowing, my understanding is observing physicians in their day-to-day -day lives in the clinic. Everything was right until you said in the clinic. Okay. That's the goal of shadowing is to understand the physician's life. Mm -hmm. Period. Right? You're not going home with them <laughs> to see what they're doing at home. But mm -hmm. what does work look like? And this is why when I talk to nurses and nurses are like, well, I work with doctors all day long. I'm like, yes, you work with them at the bedside. But what do they do when they leave? You don't follow them. Mm -hmm. When they go to the doctor's lounge put their feet up and then go talk to the insurance company for five hours. Mm -hmm. What you're witnessing is teaching, which is a little bit weird in your mind, but like, well, how's that shadowing? But it is because that's what academic physicians do. They mm -hmm. teach. That is shadowing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, that answers my question. I just, I, because I, it's a, a little bit of a unique situation. I don't know if, if that's pretty common for people to go to teaching rounds or anything like that, but I've, I've really enjoyed it. So if you have yeah. the opportunity to do so, I would recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and then lastly, this is, uh, I think this is a little bit more of a tenuous connection to, uh, to clinical experience. But um, uh, I've, as a grad student, I've been involved in um, recruiting patients for, for my, my clinical study. Um, and I know that chart review and um, obtaining informed consent, those uh, essentially, those aren't clinical. I, I know you can smell the patient, but it's not with regards to their, uh, th their care per se. Mm -hmm. um, is there a spot in the uh, application where something like that might fit, where you're being able to talk about the experiences you've had educating patients about clinical trials and, and other uh, like research, being able to 
um, incorporate your experiences working with clinical staffs and, and all the things that it's meant to myself, a, a potential or an applicant informing your, your, or watering your seed per se of yeah. being in the, being able to see that. Is yeah. there a place for the, yeah. for the, app, in the application? In the activity section, there are 18, I believe 18 different categories for activities mm-hmm. ranging everywhere from paid clinical, volunteer clinical, paid non-clinical, volunteer non-clinical, research, poster presentations, awards, um, uh, what else, hobbies, in, intercollegiate athletics. They have it all, right? You have 18 different categories. Don't quote me on that number, but I think it's 18. So yeah, that would be either paid or volunteer non-clinical. And you can talk oh. about it there. Okay, because the, the issue I had is, I guess it's a part of my graduate school, right? So it's it's not... I guess volunteer because I'm doing it as part of my schooling, but it's not paid, even though I get a stipend because it's part of my schooling. I guess that's kind of the one of the issues I, I yeah. had is I was just full just time. put put one of them uh, either paid or non paid. It's it's up to you. There there really are no rules around that as long as you're not like lying about stuff uh, mm-hmm. because students will put their study abroad program in the activity section. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because because it's we kind of uh, colloquially colloquially <laughs> it's a hard word for me to say we kind of call it extracurricular activities right mm-hmm. and so a study abroad program is curricular uh, mm-hmm. this thing that you're talking about is curricular ish but then people will put research in their application that they did as part of a class or whatever else so I think it's perfectly fine to put on your application just call it volunteer non-clinical awesome Okay. Yeah. That, um, that really helps. That gives me a, a good sense of kind of where those fit. So I really appreciate your, your time, Dr. Gray and your expertise. So thank yeah. you so much. So what are you doing about the MCAT? Uh, so I have written the MCAT. Okay. Uh, I wrote the MCAT in September of last year. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and so I plan on applying this year. Nice. Um, what's your, uh, what's your biggest piece of advice for the MCAT? Um, my biggest piece of advice is be resilient. Um, to individuals. So uh, I've written the MCAT three times. Okay. Uh, I, I wrote it, I wrote it once um, and I got a 504. I wrote it a second time, got a 512. And then I wrote it last time and got a 517. Nice. So for, for people out there, you can improve. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it just takes some practice and some time and, and, you know, you don't have to, to be a genius. So just staying resilient is the biggest piece of advice. Cause normally during coursework, you get these carrots, right? Of, oh, I got a good grade on a lab or a test. The MCAT, there's no carrots. Right? There's no, <laughs> yeah. You just you have just to keep you. going. <laughs> Patting yourself on the back. And also do do cars uh, every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. It's not like it's not like the science sections. You can't just, you know, study biochemistry for one day and then physics the next day. You have to do a few hours of cars every day. You have to spend as much time reflecting on the cars mm-hmm. as you do the actual passages. Yeah. I, I'm I'm no expert by any means um uh on on the on the MCAT. Um, but those were my experiences. Um and, and cars was was my biggest uh, nice. uh my my biggest uh hurdle, I guess you could say. Did you was, utilize any blueprint MCAT full length exams in your prep? Uh, I did not. No, I why well, not? I, well, I, I didn't come across your material um, uh, until after I wrote the the, the MCAT. Okay. Um, or, or any of the blueprint uh, stuff either. Okay. Um, so it, it's it was just uh, happenstance that uh, that I didn't have the opportunity to. Um, uh, use any of those materials but all right we need we need a blueprint to have a bigger footprint in canada i guess 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I wish that I came across them earlier, um, for sure. Um, but the, you know, no matter what, uh, this was my opinion, uh, you know, again, take it for what it's worth, but no matter what prep stuff you're using, you, you have to do all the AAMC stuff. Definitely. No matter what, like in my opinion. Yeah. No, that that is that is the opinion of everyone, <laughs> including Blueprint, including I'm I'm gonna say it for Princeton and Kaplan review, uh, mm-hmm. Princeton review and Kaplan. Uh, you have to do the double AMC stuff. Like that is that is a hundred percent necessary. Yeah, so yeah. So it's, it's those would be kind of my messages to people who are studying for it. Um, you know, I could spend the next I could spend the next two hours plus probably yeah. days talking about it, but. Yeah overall it's it's um you know it's not the end of the world and and uh if you if you're going through some struggles it's just a number your score is not who you are thank you so much for joining me here on ask dr gray pre-med q a did you know that we record these live on facebook at 3 p.m eastern on most weekdays search for medical school hq on facebook and like the page to be notified don't forget to check out our amazing facebook group the hangout at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.